With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, pinch hitting for Jason Aponte. And as always on a Tuesday, Steph Sanchez is here. Hi, Steph. Hello, Rob. Nice to see you again. No, stop lying. <laughs> You're mad. You're mad because Jason was a late scratch. No, no. You know, I'm like, you know, this this could make for some good entertainment because we're probably going to argue at some point. Yes, we are although on the main point of today's show the nick bosa situation i don't think we're i don't think we disagree frankly because this should have been done by now steph and it's not and tomorrow is the biggest practice of the week for the 49ers and nick bosa is nowhere to be found yeah i mean it's definitely concerning i mean i think we're at the point where you're probably just assuming he's not going to suit up and you know if i'm nick bosa and the 49ers are not meeting my price I totally understand that from his point of view. I am always like pro player when it comes to getting these contracts. These these teams in the NFL are making money hands over fist, and they want to get cheap when it comes to making some of these extensions. Nick Bosa is maybe the best at his position and certainly the best the 49ers have seen in you know maybe a decade or more, right? So I think the 49ers just need to – come away with the money, especially if they want to win games. Like they can't afford to lose any games, right? We talk about this. They have talked about this. They're in a win now 
mode, win now window, right? And if you have aspirations of being a Super Bowl winning team, you have to have Nick Bosa out there. I've seen a lot of people, you know, debate whether the 49ers are a Super Bowl team without Nick Bosa. And I don't think they are. In the last two regular seasons, Bosa was responsible for 165 pressures, 35 sacks. <laughs> the rest of San Francisco's entire defensive end group, Clinton Farrell, Austin Bryant, Drake Jackson, Kerry Hyder, since 2021, they have combined for 117 pressures and 18 sacks. The drop-off from Bosa and everyone else on this team is just so stark that I don't see how the 49ers can, can get a win uh, without him, and and that's why I think the 49ers just need to get this done ASAP. should have been done a long time ago. Zach Greer, I'll help pitch in $20 for Nick Bosa to get signed. Well, that, that probably bridges the gap. So hey, I was, I, I, yeah, that'll get it done. Uh, but I was, I was joking that uh, Jed York was just trying to get some more money for Bosa's extension when he got into all his trouble. Oh um, boy. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they can't get the final approval from Jed because he's dealing with uh, lawsuits. And then we get this Steph, from Schlemiel. How many sacks did Bosa have in the playoffs last year? Dude. First of all, if you just look at sacks and you think that's the measure of an edge rusher, you're not seeing the full picture. Second of all, Bosa has more playoff sacks than career playoff games played. So are we re- like, or we're banging on Nick Bosa now? That's where we are. Bosa's not that good. This is the stage we're at now, Steph. We found uh, John Lynch's burner. No, <laughs> but and, no, I, I can rattle off more stats if we want in favor of Nick Bosa and why he's so important for this team. In 2020, when Bosa tore his ACL, the 49ers were, I believe, 17th in points allowed. Uh, Al Sacco tweeted this. Since 2019, San Francisco's defense has a 48% pass rush win win rate with Bosa on the field, it drops to 11% without him on the field. To my point, Bosa being out there and him not being out, it's just such a stark difference that you can't afford to go into the regular season with this. It's it's terrible. The 49ers are 5-10 and 10 without Nick Bosa. They need him more than he needs them. Yes, I completely agree with you, and I think he knows that. Sign me, too, watching on my Twitch page. Shout out to the Twitch audience. That's Stats on Fire. Please follow me. How many other people won Defensive Player of the Year last year? Ted Talks Ball says he's great against the run, too. Um, and Nick Eller points out that Bosa had the alt- game-altering fumble recovery in the Seattle game. Yes, he did, and the Seahawks are driving down the field in the third quarter, about to tie the game, and... Charles Amenehu gets the strip and Bosa falls on it. Completely changed the tenor of that game. The Niners ended up blowing the doors off of him uh, for he's that. Also the, he's also the reason the 49ers did not lose against the Raiders last season. Yeah. Don't, don't forget that game and that play. And I like this from David. Bosa gives his teammates chances to eat if he's not indulging himself. Exactly. He draws double teams, especially like what they could have, Steph, with Armstead and Hargrave in the middle and Bosa on the edge. Like that is devastating potentially. You you want that there. Their whole defense is built around that. Getting that consistent pressure that's going to make life easier for Drake Jackson. Also on the other side, like the impact cannot be overstated. So I don't want to hear that like Nick Bosa is not worth it. it. He is. He is worth it. And one last thing, it's not your money. Who? What are you worried about? It's not your money. Pay the man. 
And like I said, the 49ers have the money, all right? It's just a matter of them, you know, digging their heels and saying, no, that's too high and and hoping that at some point Nick Bosa and his camp are going to cave and compromise and say, okay, fine, we'll meet you at your price. But there's no reason from a negotiating standpoint, from a business standpoint, for Bosa to you know, agree to whatever the 49ers are giving him right now, if it isn't what he wants. I mean, he has all the leverage, in my opinion, in this case. And quite honestly, if the 49ers lose on Sunday without him, I might ask for a little bit more if I'm Nick Bosa. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that, that again, is the danger of, you know, letting this go into the regular season because with more weeks that go on, if you drop some games without Bosa, Bosa has even more leverage than he had before. So, this is this is a tricky and risky game that the 49ers are playing. Salty Cyclist says, just not worth the money for replaceable positions. Niners love paying easily replaceable position groups lots of money and ignore the most important offensive line and quarterback. It's an interesting point, Steph. I mean, they ponied up for a tight end. They ponied up for a linebacker. And then get to the most valuable or second most valuable, depending on what your argument is, defensive player that they have. And all of a sudden, they don't want to pay him what he's worth. And I get it. Like they have a contract offer, right? That, that is going to make him the highest paid edge rusher. Well, that's not, that's not going to do it. They got to go beyond that. And I don't know if they're willing to, you, you saw this Diana Rossini tweet before we pushed record. She said, we have football this week and there are four contract extensions on the table for players that are generational talents, Burrow, Bosa, Chris Jones, and Justin Jefferson. These are future hall of famers that could respectively sign record deals. What do you think about that? Where, where do you think that news is coming from? <laughs> well, we were talking about this right before we went live, and we're like, you know, there's there's starting to become more reports, and you can tell which one is coming from either side. Uh, you know, both sides, John Lynch and, you know, John Lynch said that both sides were not going to talk about this deal in public. Well, that just meant they are not going to say anything, but indirectly they're giving or feeding this information to some of the national media who are now putting this stuff out. I remember last week Ian Rappaport mentioned the 49ers have a substantial deal on the table today. Mm -hmm. Dan and Rossini saying this, that there's, you know, record deal on the table for Nick Bosa. And what does that do? Well, it creates, uh, you know, fans going against the player a little bit. And I think that's just part of maybe what the 49ers want to do there or just to deflect the blame onto the player and not them because, hey, we made the deal, people. We we have this great offer on the table. He's not taking it. It's all his fault. Um, it's not our fault. So they know they're getting a lot of heat about this contract right now. And so that's their way of, I think, deflecting. But I don't think Nick Bose and his camp are going to flinch at this. I don't think they care if they're being called greedy mm-hmm. by, you know, random Twitter users and or X users, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> you know, that's that's not going to do it. That's not going to move the needle for them. So I think at the end of the day, they're just going to have to see the money. Show me the money. I think that's the only way out of it. Schlemiel's back. I don't want the Niners to blow up the team for one player. The hard cap is a real thing. Here's the thing. You don't have this guy. You have blown up the team. You have blown up your chances to win a Super Bowl. There is no way they win a Super Bowl without Nick Bosa. It, there's just not. Like, what are you you're worried about? Ayuk? Ayuk is a wide receiver. Okay, go look at the past drafts of wide receivers. You can replace those guys. You know the guys you can't replace are the freak edge rushers. Kyle Shanahan said it himself. 
It's like, I can get wide receivers open. I can't fake it with a pass rusher. You either have it or you don't. And clearly Bosa has it. Obviously the reigning defensive player of the year. So the idea that, you know, you have this, this sacred roster that you can't ever mess with. So you can't sign Nick Bosa. I just don't think is accurate. And this is the price you pay for drafting really good talent. And yeah, the 49ers have missed on, on other players. And maybe you guys should be thankful for that because otherwise <laughs> they'd have to pay way more people. But Nick Bosa is one of those guys that, you know, they, they invested a first round pick in. He has lived up to everything. I think to this point that the 49ers thought he would be maybe even more. And you have to pay for that. You have to pay for that. So I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I think Nick Bosa, like I said, is well within his rights to be asking for what he's asking for. And the 49ers just are going to have to accept that at some point. And ideally before it's too late. This is my question, right? Like, does Jed York care that Bosa's holding out? Cause if he does, like he could pick up the phone and be like, Hey, just pay him. I, I give you permission to sign him to the contract, like whatever it's going to take to get it done. He could well, easily sure, Kyle could do that too. I'm sure. So like, what's going on here? Like, I, I can't believe that when Kyle like calls John into his office and is like, give me the update. And John's like, well, he's asking for this. Kyle's sitting there going, no, don't give it to him. Like, I think that's really, really weird. I just, by now, both sides clearly have to know what the other one wants. I'm sure both sides know what it would take to get a deal done. And yet neither side is agreeing to it. And so like, the Niners are saying they're okay with this, essentially. And I, that's stunning to me. For the people who say the 49ers can't pay everyone, it's absolutely true. I mean, a lot of really good teams at some point reach this, you know, fork in the road where they have to make some really tough decisions. Wouldn't you want Nick Bosa on the team more so than some of the other guys who have maybe been extended already and have enjoyed their extension with this team for some years now? I'm thinking George Kittle. I'm thinking Kyle Juszczyk, guys who have outs in their contract built in for 2024. This is what the 49ers plan for when they create these contracts and they mm -hmm. have outs built into them because they know, hey, we're going to have to pay some other guys somewhere down the line. So let's make sure that we have outs in these contracts. Also, the way that they construct these contracts, they get pretty creative and it has to do with you know, how much money they're allocating to other areas, you know, looking at Nick Bosa and looking at the 49ers cap situation, the first two years of this deal are going to be pretty low uh, cap hits for the team. And that is because they can't pay everyone. They have to have everyone fit in under the cap at least for a couple years. Right. So then you make those decisions once you cross that bridge, but I think they could absolutely make this work. And in turn, some other guys may have to be let go. I'm okay with that. That's how good I think Nick Bosa is. It is so hard to find uh, a franchise, you know, pass rusher in the league, uh, maybe up there with finding a franchise quarterback. Um, and while Brock Purdy is on a rookie deal, hey, you got to take advantage of that, right? And pay Nick Bosa his money. So I think I would rather see the 49ers pay Nick Bosa and let go of some other guys that could be maybe easily replaced. I don't want to say easily, um, but replaceable. 49ers drafted two tight ends this year. That's not to back up George Kittle. Sorry. It's just not. Um, who, I think the eventual no, goal. Who has no guaranteed money left in his deal next year? Oh, that's right. 
George Kittle, no guaranteed money left in the deal. Like they can get out of it if they want to get out of it. Sorry to cut you off there. And and like when you're talking about choosing between these players, you're not talking about for this year. They can sign yeah. Bosa and have everybody for yeah. this year. Yes, you will eventually have to make decisions down the line, but this is an easy one, okay? Yes, you can't pay everybody. This is one of the guys you pay, period, end of story. Like he's not one of the guys you let go. Brandon Ayuk is one of those guys. Juice, like you said, Kittle, if you have to. Nick Bosa is not one of these guys. And I'm amazed that there are some people willing to just throw it away. This is a tweet that I got. I'm going to throw it up here from Johnny Christo. Zoom in. All right. Bosa is not worth $35 million per year. He's just not. Neither is Aaron Donald. That price point is for quarterbacks only. If you don't have a quarterback worth that number, it's unwise to spend it elsewhere on a single player. People got to get past this, okay? Salaries go up. Every year, somebody's going to make more than Aaron Donald. Guess what? That's just how it works. Jimmy Garoppolo was the highest paid player in the history of the NFL at one point. Salaries go up. So this idea that like you can't go past Aaron Donald or nobody's worth 35 million a year. Daniel Jones is getting 40 million a year. Oh, like, so what are we doing here? Get this like this number out of your head. You have to get past that because that's not how Bosa's thinking. Okay, the, I, I see some of the comments saying, oh, like, we shouldn't get rid of George Kittle. That's a bad idea. Oh, Ayuk, after the season, he just had. It wasn't that great. Like, can't you, can't you apply that same logic to Nick Bosa? Are you just going <laughs> to let like, Nick Bosa go? Like, he's better than both of those players, like, respectfully. Like, he, he just is. Um, So, I don't know. Like I said, we've already enjoyed George Kittle for as many years as we have, especially also in his with within his contract extension we've gotten a few years out of that so george kittle turns 30 um in october one month away he's dealt with injuries i know he is hard to replace like but as, as a team like you have to look at these things and you have to make tough decisions it's just going to happen at some point so you gotta you gotta weigh your options and if i'm the 49ers i'm looking at kittle and i know he's a fan favorite that's probably really hard to move on from Bill Walsh always moved on from guys before, you know, they really hit their low point, I guess you could say. Like, he 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 moved on from players while they were still somewhat at their peak. And the reason for that is just because you have to make way for other guys to, you know, make the team and extend those guys too. But, I mean, I guess a little di bit different from that era, but... There wasn't really a cap then, but still, you get my point. I mean, you have to know when to move on from guys, and I think it is a tough decision, but the 49ers are going to have to make those at some point, and I would rather, rather them keep Nick Bosa than some other players. Shaki Chan, I love that handle, watching on my Twitch page. Really? Ayuk, after the season he just had, he had 1,015 yards and eight touchdowns. Like, it wasn't that good. You can easily replace that. Even George Kittle, like, yeah, George Kittle had the one monster year in 2018, right, where he had 1,300 yards. That's awesome. The rest of it, like, you can replace that. Look at – compare the Super Bowl team in 2019 to the teams that we have now, right? We didn't have Brandon Ayuk. You know what we did? We had Emmanuel Sanders. We didn't have Trent Williams, but you know who we did? We had Joe Staley. We didn't have Christian McCaffrey, but we had Raheem Mostert. Like, you can replace different guys and still have a really good team. You cannot get attached – to everybody because of the hard salary cap. Bosa is one of the guys you do get attached to because you cannot replace them 
easily. You just can't do it. Tight ends, wide receivers, plug and play. You can find guys. Edge rushers that are as good, that are defensive player of the year good, like Nick Bosa, you can't replace them. And I'm stunned that there are so many people willing to walk away from him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've seen people mentioning other names, you know, maybe not Kittle, maybe it's Eric Armstead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the point stands there. There's many players that the 49ers could see, you know, moving on from just because uh, of this Nick Bosa deal. Eric Armstead definitely in that territory as well. His cap number, you know, shot up quite a bit this year um, and also next year. So, yeah, I mean, the, this is why they kind of stagger the extensions like they do and the contract. Like the numbers, you know, escalate with each year or after a couple years because so they can fit everyone into the cap. But that doesn't mean you were able to keep everyone. I mean, the 49ers had to, you know, let Jimmy Ward walk this offseason. And, you know, that hurts, too. But those are just the decisions that you have to make because, again, you can't keep everyone. Right. So, um, yeah, it it just comes with the territory. You draft a really good team, you're going to have to pay the guys that you want to keep. It's it's a luxury and there's some downsides to it too when you have to make the tough decisions. You just have to be smart as to who you keep around. Rorschach says, "I'm stunned you think everybody is so easily replaceable." They're more easily replaceable than Nick freaking Bosa, and that's the point. You those are the decisions you have to make, right? If we've got to let somebody walk, which clearly you're going to have to, because like you said, you can't sign everybody. Who is easier to replace? Nick Bosa, wide receiver that's had only 1,000 yard season in his entire career. Mm, probably Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa or older tight end that's constantly hurt and really only had two good seasons in his career. Mm, Nick Bosa. Like it's these decisions are not difficult. I. I it is fascinating to me how fast teams or fans, I should say, can turn on a guy, no matter how good they are, no matter how good they are. There's always fans that are going to say he's not worth it. Get rid of him. And um, we're here with Nick Bosa. It's crazy. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Let's turn our attention now to like the game on Sunday. I mean, this has clouded so much of what we've been talking about these last few weeks and these last few days that I almost forget there's a game on Sunday. And again, <laughs> that game most likely going to be played without Nick Bosa. And I kind of I feel for Steve Wilkes a little bit because, you know, new defensive coordinator. He hasn't had Nick Bosa this entire offseason. Um, you know, he's been working a lot with the secondary. I do expect the secondary to be a little bit better than last year, but week one, you know, maybe that might not all materialize on the very first week, right? Sometimes takes defenses sometimes, some time to get going. I kind of wonder, Steve Wilkes has always had a pretty high, you know, blitz rate in his past defenses with Nick Bosa out. Do we see some more creativity? Do we see more blitzes trying to get, some pressure on Kenny Pickett. 
I think we're going to see more blitzes, even if Bosa was there. I just kind of think that's how Steve Wilkes rolls. I think you're going to see Warner blitz a lot more because that's something that uh, Wilkes did with the Carolina Panthers. As soon as he got in there, he started uh, blitzing Brian Burns like crazy, which Burns loved, and I don't blame him. Um, So I think you were going to see that anyway. Uh, and yeah, he's, I think he's going to have to do that now just to generate any kind of pass rush, unfortunately, because I mean, look at the, look at the names. Yes. You've got Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead didn't have a single sack in the regular season last year. And I know he was banged up. Drake Jackson is what we're hoping that he makes a leap, but you know, right now, I, you know, you can't count on him. So I think if you're going to get pressure, you're going to have to blitz. And that's a little scary because the Steelers have really good wide receivers. I feel like this game is going to be very uncomfortable to watch because I think the defense is not going to be what we're used to in, in this one. Like, I don't, I just have that feeling. And again, it's because like Nick Bosa not being there and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. Cause we just talked about him for 20 minutes, but you know, him not being there, uh, the, the makeup of this defense is going to look quite different. So I'm just, let's just prepare ourselves. Right. Like I, yep. I'm just preparing myself to see, you know, a lot of inc- a lot of completions that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise, or just you know maybe the Steelers are able to, you know, dink and dunk and move the ball down the field, and I d- I don't know. I'm I'm just expecting to see a different kind of defense. I'm expecting to be uncomfortable while watching the game. The 49ers, the offense at least, will have to put points on the board. That's not such an easy task either when you have another great pass rusher on the other side and TJ Watt going, who, who will line up against Colton McKivitz, the new starter on the offensive line. Look, I'm not really worried about the offensive line because it's mostly returning starters and, you know, they fared pretty well last year, better than we all expected. But Colton McKivitz, I think it's fair to wonder how he'll do against someone as good as TJ Watt. I mean, I, I think even for good offensive lineman you might struggle against a tj watt right so i'm i'm a little nervous about that and what that might look like i'm sure kyle shanahan will probably help out on on that side or wherever you know tj's lining up but that's a matchup i think i'm i'm really concerned about and they got nick herbig too who i'm not sure if he's gonna start but he has looked good in the preseason he was a, a rookie who they drafted and I don't know who let the Steelers get him, but just another guy on the defensive line that is dangerous. It just seems like it's more pressure and responsibility that we are heaping on the shoulders of a 23-year-old quarterback with eight games of experience, right? Hey, Brock, you need to pilot this team to the Super Bowl, and in week one, you're going to face a great pass-rushing team on the road, you're not going to have your best pass rusher. I don't know if Kittle's even going to play. We don't we don't know that right now. He didn't he was working on the side yesterday and it's like, "Oh, by the way, the defense might not be as good, so we might need you to score 25 to 30 points every single week." He and he can do it. We saw the offense humming last year, but it's a lot of pressure to ask on Brock Purdy right out of the gate. I mean, yes, it is. I, I don't know if Brock Purdy's the kind of guy that necessarily feels that pressure. I mean, I hope not. Based on what we saw last year, I think there was a 
different type of pressure for him last year. And you can say, yeah, I mean, he was the last pick in, in the draft, so there wasn't really a lot of expectations for him. But as soon as he started winning and as soon as he started uh, looking the way he did, I think there was a lot of pressure on him to continue that. Um, and, you know, he showed up in in every game after that. So I think he's he's already dealt with pressure, and I think he's handled it pretty well. It is a different type of pressure this year. But I think he can handle it. Like I, to me, he doesn't seem like the guy that gets like mentally rattled, and I think that's a really good quality for a quarterback to have, especially on this team. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. But everything else does have to be on point if you're not going to have the same, you know, pass rushing that you're accustomed to on this team. Everything else will need to be perfect. The margin for error it has narrowed significantly without Nick Bosa. Absolutely. And uh, Robert Turncap, uh, Turncap says Brock was scrambling a lot and making plays. That is the one thing I'm interested to see in this game, because clearly the Steelers are going to be able to get pressure, whether it's TJ Watt or High Smith or anybody that they have, they're going to get pressure. How does Brock handle it? How does he respond? Does he use his legs more to scramble? Can he extend plays? Because that's going to be a huge factor for the 49ers. It's something that they have not had with Jimmy Garoppolo. Even Trey Lance didn't extend plays the way that Brock Purdy can. It could come re- it could come in really handy really quickly right out of the gate. Yeah, it could. I think the one thing that Purdy should be careful about though is not not showing that trend. He always rushed to his left. Mm-hmm. And defenses probably know that already. Um, and so as soon as he does that, there's going to be a quick adjustment um, to stop those. So I think if Brock Purdy is going to escape the pocket, I would like to see him, you know, switch it up a little bit, maybe go to the right side, maybe go up the middle. If there's a rushing lane for him, uh, you know, just not really show those trends because I think that could be dangerous as well. Um, guy coming off his injury, right. The, you don't want to take more hits, uh, you know, to that arm or anywhere else, you know, he dealt with the ribs last year as well. So um, definitely just want to make sure that he stays safe as well and is smart with the football and where he goes with it. So yeah, he, he can make guys miss with his legs. Um, and that's, that is a really great quality to have. Just don't overdo it. And and I'm sure that's something, you know, the 49ers Kyle Shanahan has probably mentioned to him as well. About a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> Do you are you worried about the Steelers being able to run the ball against the 49ers? Kyle Shanahan was very direct when he asked about the run defense in the preseason. And he was like, yep, it stinks. Um, Now, you know, the first team not out there, all those caveats. But I'm a little worried about the run defense. I think most of what we saw was, you know, of course, in the preseason, there isn't a lot of game planning involved with that. There's no game planning, actually. And most of the time it's your second unit out there. So I'll, I'll give them a pass, but obviously kind of what Kyle said, you can't just ignore it. I mean, it it is kind of concerning. You can't just assume that you're going to be able to stop the run out there after what they showed in the preseason. So I think I almost felt like it was putting Steve Wilkes on notice a bit, like, 
Hey, mm-hmm. your your run defense did not look good. Clean that up before week one, please. I mean, and Javon Hargrave being in there is certainly going to help. And that's my point, right? Like he wasn't out there much in the preseason. So of course, yeah, they'll, they'll might uh, allow some runs. But still, I think there were some things as far as just like gap integrity and, and things like that, allowing rushing lanes that you don't want to allow in, in the regular season. So there is con- some concern for me, um, especially because I, I feel like this is going to be an imbalanced game for the defense. So that could make way for them allowing more runs. You know, because I think the Steelers are also going to be able to get some passes complete. Like it's going to be a more balanced, I think, offense for the Steelers because Nick Bose isn't there. And it's just like part of the trickle down effect. Um, So, yeah, I I am. I am concerned. And that's why I'm like, I'm ready to feel uncomfortable watching this defense. play. (laughs) That old feeling when you're sitting watching the 49ers and you, you just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel good when Brock Purdy drops back to pass, but I feel, I think this is probably the most concerned I've been about the defense when you combine the Bosa thing with the fact that I don't know what the defensive line, I don't know how consistent they're going to be able to play outside of Bosa. The secondary could be good, but it might not also. Hufanga's already banged up a little bit. He's got that weird baker cyst thing to sean gibson's been hurt but he says he's gonna play i i don't know i got agita for this one big time yeah i mean <laughs> uh, and i know you know people are talking about you know the run defense hargrave isn't a run defender i mean he's he's just a big guy so like the the point of him is just clogging up the middle he's definitely better than kinlaw i can i can tell you that and that's one of the big <laughs> reasons why they brought him in but uh you know rob to your point and, you know, Bosa not being out there, I just want to point out and remind everyone, I think we were all worried about the edge position, even if Nick Bosa was going to be there because, you know, they they let go of um, Ebukam uh, this this past offseason, and now they brought in Clinton Farrell and Drake Jackson. There's a lot of pressure on him, too, to take that next step. Now both of those guys are going to be starting uh, together, and so – yeah, I, I think that's the the concern too because we were already worried about the edge and the edge depth on this defensive line maybe taking a step back potentially. I know Hargrave kind of diminished those worries because you think to yourself, well, Hargrave is such a you know, like they're gonna have to double team him. He's such a force up the middle that that'll open things up for the other guys. But if Bosa's not out there, then they don't necessarily have that worry uh or opposing offenses won't have that worry so yeah i I think that's a concern for me and yeah i i don't know why the i think the 49ers should be concerned too they're but they seem confident so i guess good for them (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh look if i'm the niners this is what i try to do use mccaffrey like the whole offense runs through mccaffrey run him If nothing's open quickly and Brock is very good at processing things quickly, nothing's open down the field, just chuck it to McCaffrey and let him do his thing. And then when you're on the defensive side of the ball, try and contain the run. I'm I'm not as high on Kenny Pickett. Like I know a lot of hype coming out of Steelers camp is 
Kenny Pickett's looking good. He's making a jump. Steve Wilkes was talking him up. You know, I talked with Brooke Pryor on ESPN radio. She was saying he looks really good. He doesn't put the fear of God into me. Let's just say that. And I look at the other quarterbacks in the 49ers schedule. Kenny Pickett was on the lower end of guys that keep me up at night. So if they can stop the run and force Kenny Pickett to have to throw, that I think is the best path to victory for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. I do think uh, Kenny Pickett is probably going to look better than he did last year. I mean, second year in the system, generally when uh, quarterbacks do hit a bit of a stride. And, you know, you mentioned it before, they do have good wide receivers to lean on. They have Najee Harris to lean on. So, yeah, it's, it's a valid, I think, statement to say he doesn't scare you. But I think you can't, you can't overlook that either. Uh, the 49ers have done that, you know, in the past. What was it uh, in that Raiders game when they had to play Stidham and look what he was able to do. So you just never really know. It's all also about the game plan and what, you know, Mike Tomlin and, and their offensive coordinator has planned against the 49ers that maybe could, uh, you know, have them moving the ball pretty well. Like you just, you just never know. So yeah, I think on the offensive side, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of screen passes, although that worries me because, and I haven't seen anyone really mention it, but the screens in the preseason did not look good. Like <laughs> from mm-hmm. any of the quarterbacks, really, I, I didn't think so. I hope that's something that they clean up uh, before week one. Cause I think like the screens are going to come in handy to kind of neutralize the, the pass rush a little bit. Um, and yeah, CMC definitely going to want to use Debo. I mean, I'm excited. Let's talk about some good things, right? Like I'm excited to see Debo in what should be, um, you know, better season for him. It's like, he just looks way more in shape. He see, it seems like he's way more focused than he was last year. And so I'm excited to see both him and Christian McCaffrey on the field together, because I think they're, they're capable of being just as big of a threat as each other. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they dial up with Debo this year. And Ayuk, I mean, I know <laughs> you're not as high on Ayuk as I am. I do love Ayuk. I, I think that there should be better chemistry with Purdy and Ayuk this year, and I would like to see it. Uh, Rob, let me ask you this. With George Kittle dealing with his injury still, he's still trying to manage through that. It's an adductor injury. That is like the groin area. Um, do you think Kittle plays? I mean, he didn't, he didn't practice yesterday. Yesterday was a light day for the 49ers. I think he was working off to the side, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll know more, um, you know, maybe tomorrow if, if he does practice at in any capacity. I don't think he does play to be honest with you. I think the Niners will be conservative with him because they know that they want him, you know, down the stretch. And if he has to miss this game, I mean, clearly the Niners don't care about big guys missing games because if they did, Nick Bosa would be signed. And so maybe they look at it like, you know what? I'd rather have you for weeks two through 18 or three through 18 than to rush you back on the field early in week one. You know, it's a, it's a non-conference game, you know, Yes, you want to win all the games because you're trying to get the number one seed, but you're not going to go undefeated. If this is one of the games you lose, maybe the 49ers say we're willing to do it. I don't know. But no, I don't think he plays. I really don't. And and I'm amazed that he's banged up again with no contact. Like, 
It's friggin' yeah, preseason. It's, uh, no, it's it's concerning for sure. To, it's not a great way to start the season. It seems like this is how Kittles has started the season the last couple years. Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I remember last year at least there was a lingering camp injury that kind of spilled into the beginning of last year. It was, uh, you know, when people talk about Kittles slow start, a lot of people pointed to that being the reason. I think he even talked about it. Man, I don't I don't know if they can afford another season of Kittle like not being a hundred percent or like close to it. I know no one's really a hundred percent once football starts, but you know, I, I think that's a that's a concern because again, there currently there's a huge drop off between Kittle and you know Charlie Warner or Ross Dwelly. Uh especially in in the blocking um, you know, sense as well. So again with TJ Watt. You're not going to have the help of George Kittle, potentially. We're not saying he's for sure going to be out. We really don't know. But if he isn't, it it is it could be trouble. Absolutely. And we got enough problems. I don't need to add George Kittle on top of it. I did want to get uh, back to one comment because I, I said, does Kenny Pickett scare you? And Salty Cyclist said, that's what other teams are saying about that Brock Purdy, which is fair. fair. But at least with Brock, I can say, look, I've got a chunk of games where he had this offense scoring 33 points a game. Whether you think it was him, whether you think it was Kyle, he was in the game and those points were on the board. So at least if I'm a 49er fan, I could say, look at this. When has Kenny Pickett ever done that? And so I agree to say that like Brock Purdy may not scare people, but he does have a sample of at least some success, however small it may be. Yeah, I think that's that's fine to say. I know other teams or other fans like underestimate Brock Purdy but there's no denying that with him as the starting quarterback the 49ers offense were they were rolling so you can't really ignore that yes Purdy does have limitations yes you know maybe there is some regression maybe there is some adjustments that the defenses make playing against Purdy you know we talk about some of the trends they're, they're going to try to get him, avoid him rushing to his left, you know, if he does escape the pocket. So just those little things, there, there could be some regression, but overall, I think Purdy has the advantage of the pass catchers that he has to work with, right? And so really it's just getting the ball out. And one thing about Brock Purdy is he he thinks and reacts very quickly. He's a good processor, and so – that that gives him a bit of an advantage when he's out there too. You know, let me ask you this, because I felt like when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, teams would make him throw. They would say, we're going to load up the yeah. box. Uh, well, I'll never forget seeing like 10 of the 11 defenders in the screen before the snap when watching games on television. Clearly teams were like, we don't think Jimmy's going to beat us. We're not worried about him throwing deep and that's how we're going to attack it. With Brock, do you think teams are going to say the same thing? Like, hey, we want to force this guy to beat us? I, I honestly don't know. I'm not saying one way or yeah, another. I, I think they'll try because, like, I think historically, look, you look at this 49ers offense and the weak spot, objectively, is a quarterback position. <laughs> I mean, it, it's probably the worst player on the field given everyone else. Like, that's just how talented the rest of the group is. Um, but that being said, like, I think there's a huge difference between Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it, it matters in this case because I feel like teams did try to make Brock throw last year and they did 
all kinds of things. You know, they tried to put more guys in coverage. They've tried to, you know, blitz him. And at least last year, none of that really phased him much. And he was still able to get the ball quickly. He was able to get it where it needed to go. Um, I think really the only big challenge that where he looked somewhat rattled, and even then it was a very, very small sample size in the Eagles game and part of, you know, the game with the Cowboys. But, you know, I think those are really good defenses. Most teams you're going to face are are not at that caliber, at least in the regular season. So I think he'll – he'll be okay. I think for the most part in this game, I'm more worried about the offensive line uh, holding up more than anything. I think Brock looked a little rattled in the beginning of the Seattle playoff game. The first half to me, he looked not quite on his game. He looked like he was making some throws that were maybe, but look, 22 year old guy playing in the playoffs first time. Like, you know, it's understandable. I know he's super poised, but like everybody gets nervous once in a while. So I'm going to cut him some slack. Nick Eller asks, who is the X factor in week one? Pickens, Ayuk, Hufanga. The one thing about Pickens that makes me nervous is he's incredible at making contested catches. So even if you've got Mooney Ward on him and Mooney's right there, like Pickens can just make a play anyway because he's really, really good. The X factor. Oh, I don't know. For the 49ers, I may go Fred Warner. And my thinking there is just if they're going to get pass rush without Bosa, I think it's going to have to come from him. So maybe I go there. That's a that's a good one, actually. Um, I might say the same or Hufunga, because I think Hufunga could very well be just as involved in in blitzes and, and creating pressure if he hangs around in the box. Um, that does come with some risks, too. I mean, we already mentioned you mentioned Pickens just now. They have Deontay Johnson as well. Uh, so those are fair concerns for, you know, guys getting open and, you know, they they can go deep as well. So. I, I think can't overlook this team. It's week one. Like I said, the margin for error for this defense, for this offense, very low right now. So they need to make sure everything is clicking going into this game. Well, let me ask you this before we wrap up here. Number one, do you have a season prediction for the 49ers? And number two, do you have a prediction for this game? Um, I wish I would have written it. So I had written it down. I had like an episode where I did the prediction. I want to say like my, my everything, uh, like my blue skies prediction was like 11 wins, I think. Mm. And then, you know, my everything goes wrong prediction was like 10 or nine wins. And that's, you know, that's still not bad like at all. Uh, So I would say 11. Look at the beginning, I don't think we expected that the Bosa negotiations, the holdout would go this long. So I thought this would be a win. Tough one, but I thought it would be a win. With Nick Bosa out, like that puts some doubt in me. And I, again, it's in Pittsburgh. This is going to be a tough game. It could be a defensive battle for the offense playing against the Steelers defense. Um, So I'm going to say that the 49ers probably dropped this one. Without Bosa, I'm nervous. I had it as a win, but I was assuming that Bosa was there. Um, Without Bosa, there's a lot of just stuff floating around with this team that I don't love right now. I I guess I'll stick with it because that was my prediction, but I would not be shocked at all if the Niners open the season 0-1 and Kyle Shanahan falls to 2-5 and in week one in his career. So frustrating. 
Anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Steph, thanks for letting me pinch it for Jason. Always appreciate it. I don't think we argue too much, which is kind of a we change actually. for us. Yeah. And I'm going to be a guest on your channel as well, right? 49 sure. Every Every Thursday. Every Thursday. We still got to nail down a time, so we'll do that. But every Thursday, Rob is going to be joining me on my channel, 49 Carrots Podcast. And later today, actually, I have Matt Barrows on the show. So make sure you guys all tune into that. Boom. Like and subscribe to the 49 Carrots YouTube channel and to the Gold Standard YouTube channel. Plenty of Niners love to go around. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.